You're listening to the Grow Your Own Food Podcast, a show dedicated to helping you grow fresh fruit, vegetables, and even grains in your own backyard. In every episode, you'll get growing tips, recipe inspiration, and more. Ready to get growing? Then let's jump in. Hey, everybody, and welcome to episode 89 of the Grow Your Own Food podcast. I'm your host, Shauna Smith, and today we are talking about something that I think a lot of new gardeners don't really think about, and I because I never really thought about it until it became a problem for me, and that is what to do with extra seedlings. As I said at the end of the last episode, I am a person who likes to hedge their bets, and so because of, you know, germination rates varying, I end up usually growing one or two seedlings per type of thing that I'm growing more than I need. That, you know, typically means I end up with a decent amount of extra seedlings, and I don't want to compost them because that feels like a waste, right? It's a perfectly healthy a live little seedling, I just don't have room for it. So what do I do with it? Well, I have a bunch of different ideas that if you are stuck in that same place, if you're starting your own seedlings from seed this year, you know, for the first time, or if it's like for the second time and you're like, oh, I really don't want to do that again. I don't want to throw them in the compost because I don't have room for them. Hopefully these ideas will help you out this season. But first a word from our sponsor. I do this to myself every year. Like I, you know, even if I only planted just as many seeds as I needed, you kind of never know, even if they do germinate, are they going to thrive? Some of them will end up germinating and then growing really puny and you transplant them out in the garden and they, they just don't do great. So Even if I believed that the germination rate for my seeds was 100%, sometimes they don't always do great after they germinate. So that's how I end up with extras. And I wish I could fit them all in my garden. I really do. But, you know, I, from year to year, I will have anywhere from 40 to as many as 70 different types of plants in my garden. That obviously includes vegetables, fruits, herbs, and all the different types of flowers. I know it sounds like a lot, but a lot a lot of that number is is herbs and flowers of different varieties. So I kind of have to draw the line, right? Because I, I don't have unlimited space. I don't have acres that I'm gardening in. I have eight four by eight raised beds and then a bunch of pots and a and a few flower beds. So I have to draw the line. I have to make hard decisions. And I, I don't want to have to compost those seedlings. I put time and care and, and resources into raising them. So I feel like that's a lot of wasted potential. So I came up with this list of ideas for myself. And I thought, you know what? This would make really great content for anybody else who is struggling with the same problem I am. So I'm going to go over all these different ideas that I came up with. And hopefully, I mean, some of them I think will be sort of a no-brainer for a lot of you, but some of them you may have never thought of doing before. Idea number one, bring your extra seedlings to work. So I know we're in the middle of the pandemic, so bringing them into work um, might not be feasible, but if it is feasible, go ahead and bring them into work and be like, 
hey, I have these seedlings. A couple of years ago when I ended up with more seedlings than I could use, you know, this was the the first thing that I tried. And since I'm ar- I had already sort of rehomed them in their little four-inch pots, you know, I had potted them up from their seed starting trays. All I had to do was put them out on a table in a well-trafficked area. I, I wrote the variety, you know, the vegetable and the variety. So like, for instance, tomato, San Marzano, and the word free in big, bold letters. And kind of the next day, I realized I work with a lot of closeted gardeners. <laughs> like, they were gone. Okay, maybe not closeted. I had seen the piles of summer squash mysteriously appearing on meeting tables, you know, in July when everybody has way too much summer squash and, and zucchini. So you kind of get a feel for, you know, whether or not the people that you work with are gardeners. So, you know, you can put them out on a on a table with a, a little note that says free. You can send an email, a email blast out to your, your department if you work in a larger department. Or you can just approach individual people that, you know, maybe you have talked shop a little bit about gardening before and, and they might be interested. But I, I had zero trouble getting rid of of my seedlings that way. If you, you know, can't go into the office, you can still arrange meetups with your coworkers. They can come pick pick up seedlings up off your porch. I did this last year when I had a whole bunch of strawberry daughters that I dug up from my strawberry bed when I renovated it. I just emailed my coworkers that I knew were interested in gardening and said, hey, they'll be on my front porch And people would just drive by, pick them up, no contact necessary, and got rid of a lot of seedlings that way instead of having to compost them. Idea number two, adopt your seedlings out to family. Chances are, if you are really into gardening, you learned that from somewhere, or you have inspired it in some people. If you didn't learn it from your family, you started it on your own, and you talked about it so much because you loved it so much, now you have family members or friends who are doing it too, because they realize how magical it is. Adopt your seedlings out to them. I mean, really, chances are you probably have more than you know, more friends and family than you know that are interested in gardening. If they don't currently garden, they have in the past, or they're interested in trying, you know, shoot them a quick text or give them a call and see if they'd like to have one of your seedlings. You'd be surprised how many will accept. I think it has something to do with the seedling being free, honestly. It makes them not so worried about accidentally killing it, maybe. Like, there's investment involved in, like, going and buying your seedling from a garden center. But a lot of times when people are given, like, a free seedling, they'll be like, yeah, sure, why not? I'll try it. And then if you want to be extra helpful, like, tell them that they can reach out to you for growing advice anytime, especially if they're really kind of neophytes when it comes to growing and gardening things and you're maybe a little bit more experienced. Idea number three. I This is probably my favorite. Try donating your seedlings to a community or school garden. If you live in or near an urban area, there's a really good chance there's at least one community garden around. Likewise, you can check around with schools or any of your kids' teachers to find out if their school has a garden. This goes, honestly, the school garden thing goes for both rural and urban areas. Community gardens are more, they're more likely to be in an urban area as part of like a food pantry program. For instance, the company that I work for has a community garden that donates all its produce to the Ronald McDonald house next door. So feeding the families who are staying there while their children are 
receiving care for chronic illnesses or emergency surgeries or things like that. The Ronald McDonald House is a really great charity that that houses a lot of times low-income families that they don't have anywhere to stay. They don't have the money for a hotel. I've had members of my family who who have used that service before and they are a blessing to to people in that really tough situation. And that community garden right next door, it's it's so fantastic. We we harvest things every day during harvest season and we bring a big giant bucket into the Ronald McDonald House kitchen and they have cooks that prepare it all, that wash it all, prepare it all, put it in the fridge for them to snack on, turn it into meals for them to eat during mealtimes. It's fantastic. And you can help out community gardens like that by instead of them having to use their precious, you know, donated resources to sow seeds and, and buy seedlings, you can just donate seedlings to them. So I would definitely, you know, look up any community gardens, school gardens in your area. School gardens are fantastic. A lot of, of schools do it to kind of get kids outside. They may be doing it even more just as a way of helping kids be outside, social distancing, that kind of thing. Just teaching kids about plants, how they grow, how the soil works, how photosynthesis works. And so donating your seedlings to, to that cause would be really fantastic as well, especially if you don't have kids, but you would love to kind of teach gardening or help teach gardening in that way, you know, by donating seedlings to the next generation. Idea number four, you can try selling your seedlings on Craigslist. This has been a bit of a hit or miss for me, and I honestly, I don't know if Craigslist exists in like the UK or in Australia or in Ireland, the countries that are not the US essentially that listen to this podcast. So, you know, if you don't have Craigslist, maybe you have some other sort of buy, sell kind of bulletin board site. Like maybe you have Facebook Marketplace. That's another thing. Like if you're if you're not on Craigslist, you don't want to go on Craigslist. Facebook Marketplace would be a really good option if you're if you're on Facebook. It's been hit or miss for me, like I said. I I do sell them, you know, below what local gardeners are charging for like a tomato seedling or a pepper seedling. Whatever I whatever I end up having more of. I generally know because I've bought seedlings enough in the past that I know how much they cost. So I do try to sell them for below that. But it's it's honestly great to try in a few ways because one, it's it's nice to get a little in return for the work that I've done raising them from seed and the materials I've used, right? So the seed, the little four inch pot, which say goodbye to that, it's not going to get returned to you. Um, the the seed starting mixture, the fertilizer involved. So it's it's nice, right, to recoup a little bit. But it's also nice just to know that that buyer is getting a good organically grown seedling for much less than what they would pay elsewhere, you know, kind of taking out the middleman. And who knows, I could be helping someone who really needs it. Last year, I had a coworker who, you know, I had posted on my social media, my personal Instagram. I was like, hey, I have these extra seedlings. Does anybody want any? And a coworker of mine was like, hey, I have a, a friend who, you know, they lost their job and they're really trying to supplement their their food by growing a lot of it and, and, and doing that instead of, you know, having to pay a higher grocery bill since they, they lost their job. So it can be honestly a really great option for people like that. You know, even if it's not of a friend of a friend, you don't know them. 
Um, maybe they're in a tough position and they could really use some inexpensive seedlings to start a food garden because they're a little bit food insecure. So that's yet another benefit. I am always super careful, though, as you should always be when selling on Craigslist or when selling on Facebook Marketplace. I ask potential buyers to come to my home to view or pick up the seedlings. I never arrange for someone to come by when I'm home alone. That's a little easier right now because Mr. B is is always home because we're both currently working from home. But if you live alone, let a friend know that that you have people coming over to pick up seedlings. You're just letting them know to be safe. I also try to do all of my communicating via email rather than giving out my phone number just to kind of keep keep my privacy. You never know what kind of people are, are out there trolling Craigslist and trolling Facebook Marketplace. I would say most of humanity is full of really, really wonderful, kind, nice people, but every once in a while, you know, you get somebody who's has some nefarious motivations and you just want to kind of separate yourself from that. My final tip is to plant a decoy garden. And this one is a little controversial. Some people will say that a decoy garden is only going to encourage critters like rabbits, woodchucks, squirrels. But if you're desperate and you have extra seedlings, you might give it a try. Is this just about as good as composting? Yes. They're still going to get eaten up, but it's honestly can be a good way to distract them from your actual food garden that maybe you have secured, but the security, the fence, the covering, what have you is not 100% foolproof. And you kind of just need to distract them from your food garden long enough that you can get something out of it. So like I said in my podcast episode about caring for apple trees, I found that once apples start falling from my apple tree, rabbits more or less would leave my vegetable garden alone. This was like way back before I had Fort Knox basically installed around my vegetable garden. I noticed that apples falling from the tree just like totally distracted them. They were way more interested in the sweet crunchy apples than like trying to figure out how to get under or over the chicken wire that I had strung around my garden. And that's what kind of gave me the idea for the decoy garden. So if you've got something yummy to distract them from your something yummy, it might work. It might also, they might just mow them down in a matter of days. I would say make it slightly difficult to get to, and then obviously make your actual garden even harder to get to. But by making it slightly difficult to get to, you just incur, you increase the amount of time that it it takes for them to to get to that decoy garden and it could keep them busy for long enough to get your actual seedlings to a point that they'll leave them alone there are certain things that you know rabbits once they get to a certain level of maturity they're just not as pleasing for them to eat because the leaves are kind of tough or get they get spiny things like that so if your food seedlings your food garden seedlings have enough time to mature rabbits can start to leave them alone So that's it. Those are all my tips for what to do with extra seedlings. You know, if none of those work, you can throw them in a pot and try growing them in a container and increase your knowledge of container gardening for, you know, if you end up living in an apartment and you only have a balcony, you never know what life is going to bring you. So you have, you know, a few other 
opportunities there than than just kind of like throwing it in the compost. But hopefully those tips will help keep your extra seedlings out of the compost bin. But, you know, if you still have to compost them, don't be too bummed. After all, that energy will go into the plants that do make it into your garden eventually, right? That compost is going to get broken down and turn into nutrients that your your plant can use. So don't be too bummed. It's all a never-ending cycle and you can still make use of it. In the next episode, I'm excited about this because this is really kind of a specialty growing podcast episode. I am going to be telling you how to grow your own peanuts and it'll air right around the time that you would want to be sowing peanuts. So like, let's say you are interested in it, you have the space for it and you have the time to order some peanuts, go ahead and get them ordered. And then I am going to be telling you how to grow them in the next episode. If you don't have the space for it this year, but it sounds interesting Maybe you can work it into next year's, you know, garden plan and just kind of tuck this knowledge away for next year. But in any case, that's what I'm talking about next week. Super excited to bring it to you. Until then, thank you, as always, so very much for listening. I have my broccoli, all my brassicas, actually, all of my spring greens out in the garden. I've sown my peas. I've sown my carrots. uh, I've even sown... Uh, some cool weather flowers, poppy seeds should always be sown when it's still cool out. They they germinate the best then. And onions as well, onions and shallots. And I'm so, so, so happy to actually have my garden started and growing. Mr. B said the other day when I was supposed to be helping him with a construction project, a renovation project, he was like, do I just need to accept that it's garden season and you're, you're just gone. That's where your head's at. I'm like, oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> so if that's where you're at, I'm happy for you because I know I'm happy about it. I hope your garden is off to a lovely start and I'll talk to you guys next week. Thanks for listening to the Grow Your Own Food podcast. Visit beeandbasil.com for helpful how-to articles, images, and recipes.